0: Welcome to Season 7 of the New History of Old Texas, Lipan Apocalypse. I'm Brandon Seal. On June 28, 2022, the Uvalde Consolidated Independent School District voted to raise Robb Elementary to the ground. Uvalde's isn't the kind of school district that can afford to just go tearing down perfectly good buildings, though, and Rob Elementary held some historic significance as well for its role in desegregating Uvalde's school system a generation prior. The month before the school board decision, however, Rob Elementary had been the site of one of the most horrific massacres in modern Texas history. I refuse to replay the details here. Most of us remember them all too clearly. And for those of us who do, the decision to tear down the school makes perfect sense at some deep, intuitive level, even as it's not rational in strictly economic terms. For some reason, when I heard about the school board's decision, it reminded me of something that I had read about the Lipan Apaches years ago. According to some sources, Lipanes would raise their villages, uproot their communities, and move to an entirely new location after particularly traumatic deaths. It's obviously a highly inefficient practice, and sometimes it's offered as proof of Native American superstitiousness or of how indecipherable the Native American mind must have been. And yet here we were, in 2022, doing the exact same thing. And I got it. It made perfect sense. I wonder, too, if I thought about this particular Lippon custom in the context of Uvalde, because Uvalde was, according to Episode 5 of Season 1 of this podcast, The location of the quote unquote final defeat of the Lipan Apache Nation in January of 1790. I've since come to appreciate that I was as wrong about that claim as the Spanish chroniclers on whom I was relying, a fact brought to both my attention and the Spanish chroniclers by the devastating string of Lipan attacks up and down the Rio Grande just a few months after that 1790 battle. Attacks that actually resulted in the death of Antonio Zapata's grandfather in episode one of season four of this podcast. But it would in fact be 114 years after the Battle of Soledad Creek near Uvalde when the last Lipanes turned themselves into a reservation in 1904. 30 years after the Comanches surrendered and 20 years after the great Chiricahua Apache Geronimo turned himself in. The last Apache attack on U.S. soil actually occurred 20 years after that in 1924. And the last documented battle with the Apaches was in the Mexican mountains in 1935, fought with the assistance of the Mexican Air Force. The allegedly broken Apaches, it turns out, made it into the aviation age. But here's the truly amazing thing. The Lipan story doesn't end even in 1935. There are still reports of free or bronco Apaches into the 1950s. In 2008, a researcher reported a remnant community of Lipanes in the Santa Rosa Mountains of northern Coahuila. But precisely because they were so effective in resisting the European and Native American empires pressing down upon them, the Lipan Apaches have won themselves few fans in the historical record. Most of their history has been written by their enemies, who almost universally saw them as arrogant, untrustworthy, and as a little too sure of the superiority of their own culture. Descriptions that sound suspiciously like the kind of criticism people level at those who remind them of themselves. And yet they weren't wrong. For most of the last 400 years, those who encountered the Lipanes were encountering the undisputed power players of the Texas Plains. Their power initially arose from their control of the lucrative Mesoamerican, New Mexican, and Mississippian trade, and from their skill as alliance makers. At first through marriage and cultural absorption, later from the dissemination of a religious practice which they would spread throughout Native North America with enduring effect. But most of all, their power came from the horse. They were the first and finest Native American horsemen. Not to take anything away from the more famous Comanches, but most contemporaries agreed that the Lipanes were the superior equestrians. Indeed, the respect that the Comanches had for the Lipanes as horsemen and as warriors was reflected in the violence that they directed toward them. And yet, even the Comanches, in a sense, would ultimately be pulled into the Lipanes' cultural orbit. The Lipan Apaches are among the few Native American tribes who never surrendered, a fact which perversely means that they aren't formally recognized by either the U.S. or Mexican governments. In recent decades, increasing numbers of individuals throughout the border region have started to come forward with proof of their Lipan identities, because along the Texas Mexico border, The Lipanes may have accomplished something that almost no other Native American group in North America was able to preserve for themselves a place in their ancestral homeland without surrendering it. But the Lipan legacy is frustratingly subtle, and as often as not, the evidence for it is indirect. It's like the dark matter in the fabric of the Texas history universe. Even when you can't directly observe the Lipan legacy, nothing else in early Texas history makes sense without it. And it's not good enough anymore to just assume that the Lipanes were this unintelligible, malicious, or superstitious force shaping the geographic, demographic, and cultural destiny of our state. I think it's time that we allow ourselves to assume that the things that we indirectly see them doing were being done for reasons that we might have actually understood. Which really isn't too much of an assumption to make, but it's a grace that has typically been denied them by their chroniclers writing from the viewpoints of their enemies we may be a little wrong by being this generous, but probably not any more wrong than if we just accepted the Lipan enemies' accounts as gospel. And I think you'll be surprised by the results. Uvalde's not a bad place to start, then. If we modern Texans, in our hyper-rational, budget-obsessed present, can all agree that tearing down an otherwise perfectly good school building just because it was the site of an unspeakable tragedy, just like the Lipanes would have done, If we can agree that that's the right thing to do, even today, and I think most of us do, well, we may already be one step closer to starting to understand these old Lipan Texans. And I actually want to try and take it one step further this season. Maybe our decision to raise Rob Elementary is hinting at something even deeper. Maybe the Lipan legacy is actually operating inside our own heads and all around us without our even realizing it. After all, they didn't tear down Columbine High School. If we here in Texas have perhaps internalized Lipan rituals of grieving, what else might we have absorbed from their culture? What if instead of having gone extinct, the Lipan Apaches represent the oldest, unbroken thread of Texas identity that we can find? To answer this question, of course, we'll first need to find the Lipanes, both in the historical record and in the present. So join us this season on Lipan Apocalypse as we pull back the veil on the most maligned Texans in history. greatest survivors of them all.